Hi there, you're here with Maria, and this is Hot Stuff, the Naked Energy Podcast. Welcome, and firstly, let me introduce the voice that's currently in your headphones and will be with you for the next few seasons of the show. I'm a development engineer at Naked Energy, as well as the executive producer of this podcast. I'm passionate about ecological problems and solving them through engineering, marketing, and commercial incentives. For our Christmas special, I'm joined by our CEO and co-founder, Christoph Williams. Hi, Christoph. Morning, Maria. Morning. How are you doing? Um, yeah, good, good, considering um, it's a fresh start after our Christmas uh, bash last night. So I yes. could be feeling a little bit better, but um, yeah. That was good. lovely. Thank you for joining me today. And um, I'm just really eager to introduce you to the to our listeners and uh, what the company is doing and where we're taking the world of heat. Fantastic. Well, thank you. And well done for, for organizing this podcast. It's brilliant. And also the, the Christmas do last night. That was tremendous. A lot of fun was had. Um, yeah, great to be here. Um, Naked Energy. So we are trying to uh, really revolutionize solar thermal. Uh, we've created a whole new category of solar collector. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the real mission of that is, uh, is to promote and disseminate renewable heat around the world. Because I think we've identified that as the, one of the biggest problems facing the climate emergency. The biggest challenge currently, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not so well known that um, more than half of all the energy that we actually use on the planet goes on heating. That's hot water, space heating, and process heat for industry. And 90% of that energy comes from fossil fuels still. So if we want to get to net zero, if we want to do something about climate change, we've got to address heat. And uh, yeah, we we really call it sort of the cold or the warm elephant in the room, whatever you want to do. The whatever hot, you want, yeah, the hot elephant in the room. The okay, good. Let's go with that. Um, and so, you know, as a company, we're on a mission to decarbonize heat, and we're doing that through uh, the technology that we've developed. We've got um, twelve patents. You've got a lot of IP in the business, and those patents are really behind two uh, solar collectors. Um, the the core product produces. Uh, combined heat and power. So from the solar, from the sun, a uh, single source of energy, we get two forms of usable energy. So that's hot water and electricity from the, the same collector, the same surface area. And the other product. Um, Can we tell the name to the listeners of our uh, innovative hybrid solar thermal product? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the product range is called Virtue. That's uh, Virtue without the E on the end. So pronounce Virtue without the E. Um, and uh, we have Virtue PVT that does photovoltaic and thermal energy. That's the hybrid. And we have Virtue Hot that does heat. That's pure heat. Um, and uh, they do it in a very elegant way. So they're, they're tubular designs um, and they're modular. They're very compact. And, and, the key, and the key value proposition of the product is about energy density. It's about generating more energy in less space, which is really, really important. When you consider the size of the demand and there isn't much space to generate uh, clean heat and power. I think one of the principal conversations at COP27 this year was exactly that. So how do we maximize the space used in our commercial or residential spaces to deliver green, sustainable and um, uh, very 
um, ecological and forest thinking heat and power. So uh, I think uh, we are at the right space at the right time. So I'm really, uh, really excited for our, what's next to come. Yeah, that, that's, um, I agree with you there. Um, you know, Naked Energy has been on a journey in terms of a long R&D journey, developing our products. Um, and we're at the very exciting phase now of, of commercialization. We've got some brilliant uh, projects and partners now around the world that are starting to support us on our mission. Um, but it hasn't always been great timing because... Um, Tell us more. Yeah, one of the big challenges um, was that gas just cost too little. It was too cheap. So you know, the business as usual was just to burn stuff and it, and it wasn't economically viable to transition to renewable heat. And, uh, and so now with the you know, very unfortunate geopolitical situation where many European and major European countries are reliant up to about 40% of their energy from, you know, from uh, Russian gas, for example, um, it's now uh, gas prices have just um, soared, which makes, uh, it's brought it into focus that actually it's, it's economic as well as ecologically viable to transition to renewable heat. And that transition is imminent and uh, has to be rolled out. So, of course, um, economies of scale have to be factored in somehow currently. And uh, that's my next uh, sort of uh, uh, problem that I'll be talking about is uh, that uh, the big barrier to entry from solar thermal is economies of scale and the lack of them. So uh, people and industries do not focus on providing uh, supply chain for solar thermal to be rolled out consistently and in big volumes. And I think uh, we are at the forefront of uh, uh, steering that vehicle towards um, mass production and uh, becoming available to, um, to commercial entities who would not have thought of transitioning before, beforehand. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We we really need scale and we've got to do it this decade. We can't wait to 2035 or 2040 or 2050. We've got to do it this decade because climate change isn't waiting for COVID to go away or economies to get you know, their, their sort Out of, of recession. Absolutely. You know, it just keeps going. And, and as economies rebound, they burn stuff. They're, they're burning more. I mean, I think last year was um, one of the worst years in terms of, you know, the, the rises of um, CO2 emissions. So we need to act quick and we need to act fast and we need to act at scale. And, uh, and that's one of the kind of um, ethos behind Naked Energy is that, you know, we're the technology owners. We've developed this new technology that is highly recyclable. You know, we've done, and, and credit to you, you know, you're a fantastic engineer. You've been doing a lot of the um, life cycle analysis and embodied carbon analysis of our products. And, you know, they, the carbon paybacks are incredibly short on our, on our technologies. Um, and, and they last 25, 30 years, at least in the field. So we need to get them onto buildings as fast as we can, um, to, to really help businesses and communities save money, save carbon and, um, and be more sustainable. So, um, and, and you're right, the economies of scale, um, historically we refer to, uh, solar thermal as kind of the Cinderella of solar. Mm, um, we, interesting concept. Yeah. Well, what it is, is that, um, ultimately, um, you know, solar thermal has been around for a while. It, you know, I, I perceive solar thermal as beautiful. It's very, it's probably the cleanest form of renewable heat you can do. You stand in you know, the infrared from the sun, you stand and it makes you warm, makes you feel good as well. Right. Yeah. Well, that for me is one of the most beautiful and pure forms of renewable energy. And it's very efficient to capture renewable heat. So let's capture it. Let's use it. Let's not 
know, dig things out of the ground and refine them and then ship them around the world and then burn them for heat. Uh, let's let's use as much of the solar energy as we can. And so I describe it as, as beautiful because um, and the Cinderella because it's sort of solar thermal. Um, has got a, an image problem or she's been kept in the basement. <laughs> she's been sort of locked away. And the other form of solar energy, which is PV, um, is in the limelight. It's getting a lot of attention. It's a great technology because it produces electricity, clean electricity from uh, from the sun. Um, however, it's been to the detriment of solar thermal mm. because it's a, a forgotten technology. And like we said at the beginning of, uh, of our discussion, heat is more than half the world's energy. And Space heating, thermal, water heating, yeah. as you said, yes. And solar thermal is so good at providing that energy. And electricity is only 17% of total energy mm-hmm. demand. And and PV is contributing well and wind and hydro to that. But we've got to do more about the 90%. That's, you know, of, the of the elephant in the room. Of the said, elephant in yeah. the room, exactly. So um, on the topic of Cinderella, who do you think will be the godmother? And bring it, bring it back into um, being the princess of the of the kingdom. Bring the Cinderella back. Well, I think the the truth of the matter is we need quite a few godmothers. <laughs> you know, it, it's got to be the innovators. So it's got to be the pioneers, the entrepreneurs who forward thinkers, forward thinkers who are bringing products and services that can help uh, save money and, and reduce carbon emissions through renewable heat. It needs real leadership from um, political bodies. They need to um, change from the mindset. There's, there's a current mindset that we can electrify everything, and that isn't that, that isn't really the case. We can't just electrify everything. You know, heat is three times bigger than power, and only about a quarter of power is coming from renewable. So where is all the renewable electricity going to come from? And our grids mm-hmm. are already oversaturated with renewable. Power, which is, which is variable and yeah, they're congested, congested, the power grids. And, you know, there's, there's talk of blackouts already. And so our grid is already struggling with the current load for power and we're injecting renewable power onto it. So, so we see real leadership needed from, from policymakers. Yeah. Policymakers, regulation, legislation to say, look, you know, Renewable heat, so that's solar thermal, geothermal, and storage um, is so important to help balance a grid. It's complementary to the electrification um, mission. And I understand that intermittency of um, uh, PVT and PV is a big problem. And uh, currently there are many incentives to tackle that and bring bring in a stable um, sort of... um, centralized uh, heat and power throughout the year and throughout the seasons that are uh, changing. So we've touched on a few challenges that PVT is facing. We talked about uh, economies of scale and the fact that uh, policies have to shift the focus from PV and uh, um, incentivizing feed-in tariffs uh, to more balanced solar thermal approach or maybe agnostic, technology agnostic where every technology has an opportunity to showcase its ability and be installed and be um, protected by governmental bodies. So um, the guests that are coming onto this show will talk about their perspective on the challenges and ba- um, and barriers to entry for solar thermal. So um, one of the other ones that uh, is very big on the table is of course, cost to commercial and residential entities. So uh, capital costs uh, often scares away 
the uh, customers and clients from uh, purchasing solar thermal and resorting to uh, PV systems or uh, maybe heat pumps, which are highly incentivized, as you said, by uh, electricity um, electricity uh, thinkers mm. and yeah, uh, electricity lobbying. So uh, I think uh, people have to understand. People have to understand that um, uh, once again, heat is half. Heat is half and uh, uh, the heat that they have in their buildings, in their, uh, that comes from their taps, has to be decarbonized as well, as well as their power. So, of course, power is important, but heat is uh, central anyway. So, uh, I think um, uh, people have to understand that even though the capital costs could be high, the operational costs as well as uh, carbon uh, that you are uh, abating by that is enormous and uh, factoring that in you're doing well for the planet and you're doing well for your household or commercial space uh, in terms of um, your financials and your paybacks. So um, shall we talk a little bit about paybacks and sort of stigma against uh, purchasing PVT based on the some uh, controversial financials? Because we know that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned paybacks. I mean, that's one of the metrics you know, used to uh, assess the the benefit of um, you know, a renewable technology. And it's funny because if you if you look at say what re- replacing the the status quo, say it's a, a gas mm-hmm. boiler or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, that never pays back. Right? You're always burning something, and so it's funny that renewables always has to have a payback, but kind of traditional fossil fuels. Don't exactly so you know just that one dynamic is quite interesting. So the fact that renewables will pay back is brilliant, um, and and solar thermal versus some of the alternatives and solar PVT, yes, it costs a little bit more, right? It, you know you're getting more technology on the roof, um, but you get greater returns. So with that capital investment, um, the paybacks are similar, um, and the internal rates of return are similar, but you're getting a much greater a financial return over the lifetime of the system and also greater carbon saving because depending on the primary energy that you're displacing. So we, we refer it to it as a, a higher net present value mm-hmm. you know, on, on a building, mm. on a roof. So you know, you, you're going to make a 20 year investment on, a, on your bit of real estate or a bit of land and you want to get the greatest yield you can. And solar thermal and PVT are a great, great investment. Uh, investment. And all those systems are always combined with storage, right? So every uh, system uh, stores renewable heat, which means then it's acting as a buffer. It supports um, the, the the electrical grid because that's less um, uh, electricity you need to import to, to put into a, a heat pump. Um, and so it's complementary. And you mentioned about the sort of the financials. Yes, you know, there, there is no uh, silver bullet in terms of the solution and is very much... There has to be a technology agnostic approach and look at what is the best investment for carbon abated. I think that's a really important message mm-hmm. for policymakers. You know, just the, the solutions exist today. Yeah, you know, when talking about the sort of the finance or the investment opportunity, um, you know, it's it's quite tragic when you think since the Paris Agreement, over three point seven trillion dollars have been lent by major banks to fossil fuel uh, businesses to to carry on their business, right? So that's, that's a great shame. So the, 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 the point is the money's there. It needs to go to the right places. And, um, and the energy transition is probably one of the greatest 
investment opportunities. There is currently. There is currently, and there will be over the next 10 to 20 years because it's, you know, we are, you know, the train has left the station. We need to decarbonize. And and the business case now for renewables, no matter what the the form, whether it's renewable power or renewable heat, is there already. So it's it's about just getting behind the the, the products and services that are doing the energy transition and uh, and accelerating it. Oh yeah, that all makes sense. And um, from um, other perspective, from the social perspective, uh, um, I think um, we need to raise awareness as a sustainable business uh, how the system can be maintained, how the system can be installed, and what not only financial returns it can bring you, but also how socially responsible it, it will make you feel and how sort of moral obligations of driving uh, that sustainability uh, journey to where it has to be in eight years, 2030 goal. I think uh, it all boils down to individual bu- businesses, of course, who um, burn a lot of fossil fuels to heat their factories and uh, um, provide space heating for their workers. Uh, I think, uh, once again, the payback of social responsibility and payback of uh, morality is the greatest of all uh, for businesses uh, like ours and uh, businesses out there who are resilient and driving that um, change uh, currently. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the, the the energy transition to a cleaner energy system is going to create so many jobs. It's going to make the air cleaner that we breathe. It's going to make businesses and communities feel good about what they're doing in terms of how they're generating energy and storing energy and releasing energy. And um, and we'll be more sustainable from a financial and environmental perspective going forwards, which is kind of a, a major win-win. Exactly. And um, I think uh, we've touched a lot of great points for our next guest to uh, uh, talk about from uh, international perspective, from Germany, Italy, etc. And um, uh, I would like to end on uh, anything from the governmental perspective that has to be changed and has to be adjusted for um, us to for us to uh, break away that barrier of entry and um, smoothly uh, roll out uh, PVT technologies on uh, scale. Yeah, when you say PVT, clearly we have a unique technology, um, which is non-standard ultimately, because we've combined two types of technology into one. Um, But ultimately the governments just need to understand um, that it's not all just about electrification, that um, renewable heat is a big problem and it's been left in the sort of too hard box for too long. Because it is hard to decarbonize heat. It's it's you know um, pervasive in society. It's you know, it's gas boilers. It's furnaces. So you know, to to decarbonize those, you need on-site renewables like um, solar thermal and other technologies. Um, so it's getting it's 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 taking a broader look at um, the solutions that are available. It's it's um, it's enabling. Uh, financial tools and mechanisms where businesses and communities necessarily don't have to uh, pay up front. Um, it's sort of you know, green mortgages. It's it's understanding that yes, we need to generate um, uh, 
clean energy, but we also need to reduce our demand. So energy efficiency is really important. That's been left out of the equation a lot. I know it's, it's tough um, and expensive, but it's uh, in terms of implementation, but actually in terms of uh, you know, reducing demand, it's, it's, it's so critical because the less you need, the less you have to generate, right? So energy efficiency is so important for the government to get behind as well. Um, and um, yeah, and that's, that's pretty much what the, it's a long, long topic in terms of what the government of needs course. to do, but there's some, yeah. some key points. I'm looking forward to discussing what uh, each government is doing in the, uh, our uh, sort of guests, uh, national countries. So that will be very interesting to touch base on. I would like to thank you for your time today. It's been a great pleasure to get into the world of solar thermal and talk about uh, challenges, but also great, great incentives that is currently happening and uh, things that are moving forward for us, uh, which are amazing to see. Uh, thank you. And uh, I hope you enjoy your Christmas time and um, see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.